Hello and welcome to the Inherited Wellness Podcast. I am your host, Michael Smith, and I am thrilled to be here with you on this inaugural episode of this podcast. By way of introduction, I am a naturopathic medical student, a family historian, speaker, and researcher, and I am passionate about all things related to our current topic today. Today, we are going to be talking about roots. Now, if you're like me, going out throughout life, we see a lot of plants. There's flowers, there's trees, there's even grass, and each one of those grass is its own technically little plant. So there's like thousands or maybe hundreds of thousands, millions, I don't know, a number of plants around us each and every day. And if you're like me, you probably don't go around thinking like, oh, there's a root below each one of those plants. It's just not something that I think about, and it's probably not something that you think about either. It's because the, we are enjoying the beauty of the plant above ground, and we don't often stop to think about the beauty of the plant below ground. However, those roots are so very important for so many reasons. Now, I'm not a professional botanist, per se. Like, I don't talk and breathe and eat plants all day, every day. But as I've been pondering about roots and what roots are, there's two main functions that come to mind, like what a root is. Number one, a root is something that provides strength. It anchors the plant to the earth. Now, if we think about the giant sequoia trees in California, for example, they could easily be subject to wind and storms and so many other forces of nature just by the sheer nature of their their height going up 300 feet, if I remember correctly, into the air. And yet they remain in place because of their roots. It provides a strength and an anchor. The second main function of roots is that of nutrients. Roots draw up nutrients from the soil that it's in. These nutrients could be minerals or other things in the soil, or simply it could just be water. The water playing a really big part in the role of the structure of the, of the plant cells. Roots grow down so that a plant can grow up. And I think the role of roots is so very important and we can't overlook it. Now, I, I mentioned I'm not a professional botanist, and I say that only in part. Currently, I am a third-year naturopathic medical student, and I am training to become a naturopathic doctor. As part of my education, I have been learning about roots. So I guess you could say I'm kind of like a botanist, but I'm not, I don't do it all day, every day. The way I do it is that botanical medicine is one of the many modalities that naturopathic doctors use to help individuals find and experience healing. As part of our training throughout the past several years of my education, I've been learning about different parts of plants and how they are used as medicines. 
There are so many different traditions all around the world in every continent that use plants for medicine, medicinal purposes. And so we study those medicinal purposes, the ethnobotany, the chemistry, the constituents in those plants, and their traditional uses and preparations, how like over over hundreds and sometimes thousands of years, these plants have been used to support health and vitality and overcome the effects of disease. So in many ways, naturopathic doctors use roots literally. But more, I think, importantly and more generally, I believe that roots are like figuratively used and applied. For those who may be new to naturopathic medicine, there's a really great definition that I like um, as put forth by the American Association of Naturopathic Physicians. And that definition states, naturopathic medicine is a distinct primary care health profession, emphasizing prevention, treatment, and overall health through the use of therapeutic methods and substances that encourage individuals' inherent self-healing processes. The practice of naturopathic medicine includes modern and traditional scientific and empirical methods. Now, really, breaking that down, what does that mean? There's a distinct philosophy behind naturopathic medicine, and it is that philosophy that distinguishes naturopathic medicine from allopathic physicians, medical doctors, or MDs, or even osteopathic doctors or DOs. One of the main central features of that philosophy is the need to identify and treat the root cause. There are in the naturopathic philosophy six main principles upon which naturopathic medical doctors practice. I wanted to share those with you because I feel like that is an important foundation to understanding naturopathic medicine. The first of these principles is to do no harm, and that simply embraces the idea of minimizing pain, minimizing the harm, uh, the side effects from treatments, and not suppressing symptoms as much as possible. The next principle is to utilize the healing power of nature, or in Latin, the vis medicatrix naturae. That principle recognizes that within each individual is a self-healing process that's completely natural, completely intrinsic to each one of us. The body is ordered and intelligent and knows how to fix itself, and that the goal is to support that inherent self-healing ability of the body, and ideally doing so with more natural-based approaches. The third principle is doctor as teacher, or uh, in Latin, docere, really focusing on teaching patients what's going on with their body. Real changes come as patients apply what they are instructed and taught. And the more someone knows about their health and what's going on in their body, 
the more they will be able to change. And that's what that idea embraces. The fourth principle is treat the whole person. So naturopathic medicine embraces all aspects of an individual's life. The physical, the mental, the emotional, genetics, environmental, social, and other factors. There's there's so much that goes into a person. And in order to treat the person, we need to treat all of them. And I really like that whole person mentality. The physical, the mental, the spiritual, and every other aspect of the individual. The fifth principle is that of prevention. Preventing disease as much as possible through identifying risk factors and other things and and building a foundation so that disease, for example, is not even welcome or wanted in the body because it's, it's being maintained so well. And the last, as I mentioned initially, which is the focus of our conversation today, is identifying and treating the root cause. Instead of suppressing symptoms, the goal is to identify and look at really what is going on with the body at the most fundamental level. These principles uh, are listed on on the website of the American Association of Naturopathic Physicians, which I will link in the show notes so that you can dive into it a little bit further as you like. One example of going to the root cause that I thought about is, is, for example, heart disease. The root cause may be genetic. Maybe there's a genetic predisposition to heart disease that's passed down in a family. Maybe there's a congenital birth defect that's causing some abnormal heart pathology. Or maybe everything is structurally and physically healthy or normal or should be, but there's lifestyle factors involved, whether they be diet or lack of exercise, maybe excessive stress, trauma or other things, exposures to pathogens, bacteria, viruses, environmental toxins. There are so many things that could lead to pathology, and we need to look at everything. And going to the root cause embraces the idea of looking at everything that is going on in a person and with a person in their lives. Switching gears a little bit, um, but not really. One of those root causes that I am so passionate about is that of family and family history. Now, when I speak of family history, I'm talking everything to do with that person and their upbringing, their parents, their grandparents, their ancestors, and the culmination of experiences over decades and perhaps centuries that led to that individual being the way they are. When we talk about family history and genealogy, there are some nuances between those two words. I'm going to use them interchangeably right now and, and, and primarily use the term family history, although genealogy could also be applied here as well. When someone thinks of a of genealogy, family history, we often um, default to the image of a pedigree chart. Now, if you haven't seen a pedigree chart, 
It is a way of depicting on one sheet of paper, usually about four generations of an individual, them and their parents, their grandparents, their great-grandparents, and so forth. And if you do a, a, an electronic or computerized version, you can open up a pedigree chart going back six, seven, eight, multiple generations. The pedigree chart looks like a NCAA bracket, effectively, when looking at it for the like the March Madness Sweet Basketball Tournament. When we look at the pedigree charts, if you turn it vertically and have the, the main individual, or you, at the bottom, your parents above that, your grandparents above that, then it, it almost looks like a tree. And you're kind of at the trunk of the tree, and then your ancestors, living or deceased, comprise the branches. Now, if you flip that around 180 that looks more like a root system where you're there and it goes down and down and down and building this root system. And when we often look at pedigree charts, the ancestors are often depicted at the top and the descendants of those ancestors at the bottom. Maybe it's because our brains are programmed to think top to bottom, maybe left to right if we're English speaking, and we want to look at things from top to bottom in a chrono chronological fashion. So the the older oldest people on our pedigree chart are great, 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 whatever grandparents. They're on the very top. And then you go down, there's our, our grandparents, our parents, and then us. And then below that are our children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and so forth below that. Now, in, in looking at this in context of roots, I almost think that it's more effective to flip that chart upside down in having our ancestors form the roots and our descendants and progeny forming the branches. I like this idea because our ancestors really provide the roots for the new and rising generations to draw from. At the beginning of the podcast, we talked about the purpose of roots, and one of them is to draw those nutrients. As we are living, we draw nutrients, metaphorically speaking, from our ancestors. We draw from them strength, resilience, tenacity. Sometimes our talents and abilities, our gifts, come literally or figuratively, and I would say more literally than not, from our ancestors. I think one of the most tangible ways of, of visualizing this is, is through DNA. We each inherit, inherit the DNA from our, from our parents. They inherited it from their parents and so forth. So really inside our DNA, in those 23 sets of chromosomes inside each cell of our body, we have parts of generations within us. The saying goes, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And in that context, we are very much a product of our upbringing. We're molded by our parents. Our parents are product of their upbringing, molded by their parents, and so on and so on for up the chain for generations. 
Now, I just want to pause here and acknowledge that sometimes those ancestral roots are not always happy. Those stories are not always positive. Those roots are not always healthy and strong like we want them to be. Pain and trauma and difficult, challenging experiences are real. This is something I'm fascinated by, and it embraces the idea of transgenerational epigenetic inheritance, how posterity feel the effects of negative experiences of our ancestors. One very tangible example of this is how if a a mother is pregnant and carrying a female fetus, child, a daughter, that daughter has within her the eggs that will then become her children in the future. So at one moment in time, a grandmother is carrying not only her daughter in her womb, but her grandchildren inside her daughter. And how if there's a traumatic experience that that grandmother experiences, the effects of that are felt not only, or can be felt not only through that daughter, but also through those grandchildren and for multiple generations. That's one example. There are are several others. A friend recently shared a quote with me from a post by Sarah Campbell on Instagram, and I captured it so beautifully I couldn't help but share it. She said, if pain and trauma can be passed down through generations, then so can healing. I love that. I'll repeat it again. If pain and trauma can be passed down through generations, then so can healing. I believe that most of all, we have the ability within us that we've inherited from our ancestors to be well. Everything in the body supports our ability to fix itself. Russell M. Nelson, who is a renowned physician, um, scientist, and also religious leader, spoke of the miracle of the body. And to quote what he said, he said, quote, Each eye has an autofocusing lens. Nerves and muscles control two eyes to make a single three-dimensional image. The eyes are connected to the brain, which records the sights seen. Your heart is an incredible pump. It has four delicate valves that control the direction of blood flow. These valves open and close more than 100,000 times a day, 36 million times a year. Yet, unless altered by disease, they are able to withstand such stress almost indefinitely. Think of the body's defense system. To protect it from harm, it perceives pain. In response to infection, it generates antibodies. The skin provides protection. It warns against injury that excessive heat or cold might cause. The body renews its own outdated cells and regulates the level of its own vital ingredients. The body heals its cuts, bruises, and broken bones. Close quote. In short, we have inherited the ability to be well. And what a wonderful gift that is. Through this Inherited Wellness podcast, along with my free email newsletter and content I will am sharing on social media, I am exploring the ways that we inherit wellness. 
I'm diving into what it means to go back to our roots, literally and figuratively, in context of health, in context of family history and genealogy. And I want to understand how those synergistically work together. I believe there's a synergy there. I believe that we are a product of our ancestors, of our families, and that as we work on finding healing in our lives, we can also help our families find healing as well. I am passionate about this intersection, so much so that I'm dedicating my career to this unique and innovative approach to healing and health. And I am so excited to be on this journey with you. I will give a small caveat. I am not a licensed medical provider, so as such, I cannot provide medical advice. And none of this, including this podcast or anything else I produce, should be taken as such. However, I hope it can be helpful for you in your journey in finding healing. Going back to roots, to close off, so many herbal medicines come from roots. If you look at the tea section in the grocery store, there you, it's not hard for you to see the different types of plants that are used for healing or to support vitality, to support wellness, to help overcome disease. Some of the more prominent root medicines that I've thought of include ginger, turmeric, there's Oregon grape, licorice, and so much more. And technically, some of those are rhizomes, but that's a conversation for another day. As we look to those roots, we can tap constituents and so much more that can support our bodies. As we go inside of who we are, those healing abilities inside of us, we can find strength and healing and power. And as we tap those ancestral roots, I believe that there's healing as well. Thank you for joining me on this journey of diving back into our roots. Thank you again for joining me today on this episode of the Inherited Wellness Podcast. If you enjoyed this, please consider subscribing to the Inherited Wellness Newsletter, a newsletter with innovative thoughts, ideas, and information about how to go back to your roots. Sign up today at inherited-wellness.com. I look forward to having you join us next time. And until then, be well.